Hello, my name is Chris Fett and welcome to Two Defeats from a Crisis on Saturday at 3. We will be looking back at, uh, on Michael Beale's first match in charge of Rangers in which they defeated Hibernian 3 2 at Ibrox. Joining me to discuss this is the one and only Kenny. Kenny, how you doing, mate? I'm not bad, mate. How are you? Uh, I'm feeling a bit better after uh, after the the victory um, against Hibs, but I'm still not entirely um, convinced in this team, but I'm sure we'll get into that. Um, but yep. I'm, I'm certainly feeling better. Um, I'm sure you're uh, the same as me. Ah, good second half. thought we played very well second half, to be fair. Yeah, um, I the the second half in particular is something that we will we will touch upon, but we'll we'll just dive straight into this, mate. Um, the team lineup was certainly interesting. We had McGregor in goals, Tav right back, Sands Lundstrom centre half, um, Devine left back, Kamara Jack in the middle, Sakala Kent out wide, Tillman is the kind of number ten just behind Alfredo Morelos. There was no Antonio Cholak who had a calf injury. Um, we're told he picked it up in training kind of late in the day um, before the match. Uh, so that would have been a, that injury would have occurred on the Wednesday. And Leon King, uh, he had to withdraw from the squad altogether because he was suffering from a, a bug, we were told. So pretty threadbare, even though we've had the three, four weeks off, we're still pretty much down to the bare bones. Devine had to start at left back because Barisic is on international duty. Yilmaz, he's obviously... Um, He's injured. Um, we had an update on Yomas. He's seven weeks into a 12-week injury, so five weeks um, until he's back, which probably means we won't see him again until February. Um, Sands Lundstrom at centre-half, that that's where we're at, Kenny. You know, it was a worry. As soon as I seen it, I was concerned, actually. Yeah. Um, James Sands and Malik Tillman are two lone players. I, I want to discuss them and their potential future at some point in this episode as well. But in terms mm. of Sands and Lundstrom at the back of the agree, Kenny, I was worried. But I also was quite realistic in terms of that's all we had. Um, but the game starts. Um, Rangers had a fairly decent start. But to me, Kenny, I don't know, before we even came on to Hibs opening the scoring... I thought the start was decent, but I could. I just felt as if the team was still lacking in confidence. I didn't see that, you know, there's a new manager, it's a fresh start. I kind of seen same old, same old, getting the ball out wide, putting it in, nothing's happening. Hibs clear it, then we kind of run out ideals, so we just repeat the same thing again. Um, and I was, I was a wee bit worried at that point. Were you, or was it just a case of the, the team were trying to kind of feel their way into the match? I, I, to be fair, I thought they were trying to feel their way into the match, but... I, I know what you mean, though. I thought there was a, a, a surprising amount of tension in there. Did you not think? Because um, Bill actually said that himself. Um, he actually blamed himself because he got them right fired up. And he actually compared it to the Leverkusen match where there's a match where there's nothing at stake. The players were relaxed. They could express themselves and they showed what they could do. And then as soon as there's three points at stake, Bill's obviously been a lot of kind of, he's, he's been a lot more animated getting the players G'd up. And he actually said that he wished he never done that now in hindsight. And I totally agree with you. The tension was quite palpable. Yeah, it was. And to be fair, that that this is the problem, you know, with it. Talking about the Leverkusen game, there is nothing at stake. It's a friendly and they're weeks behind us. But we've got to win all our league games. But that's the only thing we can do at the minute. Yeah. And with the, the lack of confidence that this team has... Uh, it was really noticeable, I thought. And, uh, but to be fair, I actually thought we started OK. We just didn't really create very much, did we? No, no. Um, the first chance, actually, the first real chance fell to Hibs. Um, the ball came out uh, to about the 18-yard 18 uh, yard box uh, just outside it. And I think it was J- Jair, I think his, his name is. Uh, yeah. he, he takes a shot, McGregor. Uh, tips over the bar, a very decent save by McGregor. But I have to say, Kenny, the amount of time and space that that, that that lad had to bring the ball down and then take the shot when really the two centre halves should have been a hell of a lot closer to him, um, that was the first of many, many worrying aspects of our defensive play. And the first half in particular. Uh, yeah, the, the gap between Lundstrom and Sands was massive. Oh, in the entire first half, they were miles apart, uh, and there's a lack of physicality. There's a, there's, I don't know, was it the boy's name Campbell? He was uh, yeah. even from the first minute, he was winning 
flick-ons every single time. And it was so easy for them. I, I couldn't believe it, actually, how uh, stupidly open we were. You know, yeah. it, it had to get tighter right away, and we just didn't do it in the first half. It was weird. Weird oh. to watch. Resulting from that save from McGregor was a corner for Hibs. The ball swings in. Ryan Portis gets free. I think he actually lost John Lundstrom. It was uh, quite a commanding header. 1-0 to Hibs. Um, we, we will, I don't want to discuss Portis just now. We will come on to him. Um, but just a kind of quick note on that. Obviously, the celebration, he ran all the way towards the Hibs fans. Yeah. Wee bit of the ear cutting. Uh, yeah. As I say, we'll come on to that, we'll come on to that, but at the end of the day, it was such an easy goal to give away. Um, as I said, Portis didn't need to do much. Um, he just lost his man, free header, 1-0. But interestingly enough, Kenny, um, this start was brought to my attention. This is the first um, headed goal we've conceded this season. Yeah, I've, I've heard that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, in, in the league, it's crazy. I, yeah. I couldn't believe that because we've lost so many already this season but all in Europe isn't it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's one now at this point uh, I'm sort of look anybody who's listening to this has probably um, kind of been directed to the podcast from Twitter so that they will know of my uh, let's just say mindset at the moment when it comes to Rangers and I was I was just like man it's just it might be a new guy but it's it's the same old shit and it's the same yeah mistakes and my confidence levels at this point were pretty low I was just like yeah there's a long long way to go but what was coming back to my mind in particular at this point was Livingston um, at Ibrox where they get the early goal and they just sat in and Hibs pretty much well designed to do that you know they were set up to sit in eh, to sit in because they obviously had, they played with the back three with the wing backs and you could see they were tucking in after they get that goal we'll come on to obviously the equaliser but just after Portis scored, how were you feeling? Were you still pretty confident or were you just like... Yeah, oh. I was. Aye, I was actually. I, I, I thought we'd start, as I said, I thought we'd started all right. Uh, the only thing I'll say to you, in fairness, uh, uh, for, for Portis's goal, I, I actually thought it was a brilliant ball in. Uh, the cracking cross in. And I do think that if we've got proper centre-halves, he's not getting the run on it, if you know what I mean. It, it would, he would have got blocked. He wouldn't have got a free header. So, uh, again... Injuries are, are causing us bother, Chris. So, but I thought we'd started all right. So, Kenny, this is quite the revelation here. Are you saying if Ryan Portis was playing for Rangers, we wouldn't have conceded that goal? <laughs> you bell. <laughs> <laughs> not to put words in your mouth. I'm not, no, I'm not saying that at all. <laughs> you might. <laughs> um, Rangers' response was quite refreshing, to be honest. Um, Hibs threatened to cut his open a few times uh, after going 1-0 up but it never really came to much and Rangers were really taking the game to Hibs um, you know the, the next 7-8 minutes it was pretty much all Rangers um, ball comes out to Ryan Kent just outside the box he's got a chance to shoot um, and look just as a side note he tried it in the, the second half with the ball came outside the box and the shot and it just it, I don't even think it would have been a goal in rugby um, it was mm-hmm. um, so I'm pretty Pretty glad he never, but he decided to lay off to Fashion Sakala, who kind of um, shimmied either side, got his shot away. It's one each. It's a fantastic goal. Um, it really, really is. Sakala's got that in his locker, but the only, the only problem is um, he doesn't really know when he's going to use it because he, he's, he's like a lucky bag sometimes. He can do something really, really good stuff with a football, but other times it just looks as if he's won a competition. But um, in this particular moment, it was a fantastic finish. It brought us back into the game. It's one each. Um, and as much as I was probably depressed about the Hibs goal, I thought, do you know what, the way we've re- responded to this and the way we've kind of took the game to Hibs, um, I was fairly confident. It was like a, ro- a roller coaster of emotions. I was fairly confident that we would actually go on and, and take the game to home and, and, and get the lead and get and ultimately get the win. Um, we obviously came on to Hibs' immediate reply, but at that moment, how were you feeling? I thought it was a brilliant finish. Absolutely rifled in the bottom corner. Um, I, I was literally exactly the same as you. From there, I think, right, now we go. Now we're on. And what was it, 45, 50 seconds later? You couldn't believe it. I, so I, can, I couldn't I can believe act, it. I can act, the goal was that quick. I can actually describe how it actually happened. Hibs kick off, play the ball to the left back, one long ball right down the throat of Rangers' defence. Kenny, as you mentioned, the big gap between 
Lundstrom and Sands was a big yawning gap again. Lundstrom is completely outpaced by Kevin Nisbet, who is a guy who, let's be honest, he's not really known for his pace. So that was a bit of a worry. But Lundstrom had a chance to go kind of body to body with him, and he even lost that duel. So he lost the duel of strength, and he lost the duel of pace. Nisbet is then obviously nipped in, free on goal. I have to say, by the way, it looked the most simplest of finishes, but having seen it back, it was a quality finish. What a finish it was. I I like that boy, actually. There's something about him. Uh, good player, that Kevin is. But um, the only thing, again, and I'm not trying to make the, make excuses for them, but Sands is utterly wrong-footed uh, by the deflection. Yeah. And I think I actually think Lundstrom just doesn't expect it. And yeah. he's it's just that half second he's caught off, uh, but yeah he could do better. He, he's got to be instantly he's got to be tighter anyway. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? He's got to be much closer than this, but and I but what a finish. Hibbs then obviously seen an opportunity Kenny to deploy that tactic, and they did try it a few times after that. And one in particular, the ball came through a long ball again, came through our defence, and I, I can't remember who it was. It went one on one with McGregor, but McGregor saved with his feet. His feet. I, and I have to say, um, Rangers created very little after that, and you could visibly see the confidence was draining from the team almost which fed right into the fans. The anxiety of the fans at this point was pretty, pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we're being honest, Hibs finished the second half the stronger team. Now, under Gio, when this happened, when we went in to uh, this, the, you know, half-time and, and, and we're a goal or two down, if, if we're losing at half-time, if you will, that's a better expression, more often than not, we weren't coming back um, because it was pretty much more of the same. And I think that's what was in the forefront of the fans' minds because there was obviously, like, I'm not going to tell fans how to react, especially how I react. You know, I was quite emotional last night as well. Um, I went from looking forward to it to being angry to being confident we would kick on from the equaliser to be really, really angry again to the point I resigned myself to the fact that yeah, we might not get beat, but I can't see this getting the three points. So as I said, it was a roller coaster of emotions. But at half time the the fans booed the, the team off again. Um Yeah. And I think that needs to I think that needs to be uh, made crystal clear. They booed the team off. You know, it was uh-huh. not, it was not directed to Michael Beale in any way, shape or form. But you can totally understand it. Uh, up to a point. I thought it was a bit harsh. Uh, to be honest, I, I did think it was a wee bit harsh. I didn't think we were that bad. Uh, but I thought, uh, being 100% honest, I thought Hibs were probably the better side in the first half. I don't. I think they, they merited their lead. Um, uh, yeah, but I did. I, I was surprised at the, at the boon, actually. I, I, it it kind of took me back a wee bit. Because there was quite a lot of it. I mean, it wasn't... I, I, think, I, think, I think, like, I, I, I understand it. I, well... It's it's not it's completely nothing to do with Bill at all in any way shape or form. It's, no, it's the, just the culmination of this season, isn't it? It's watching the same old yeah nonsense week in week out. And we believed at that point. I certainly believed, and I know the vast majority of fans believe. Like we'll just we might come back and get a goal to equalise, but the win seemed like such a stretch. It seemed like such an impossibility, which is ridiculous when you really think about it. The, Chris, there's no doubt about it. We would not have won that game five, six weeks ago. No, we, we wouldn't have. I was, I was going to come to that. You know, I mean, the that's the difference. That's the difference between Michael Beale being our manager and Giovanni Van Bronckhorst being our manager. Yeah, I would agree. As much I said, as much um, I do. I, I, I did say in Twitter last night that you know, was Gio really the big issue here? Is it? the fact that maybe these players just aren't good enough to play for Rangers because we're still seeing it. Um, and that might still be true, but at the end of the day, Michael Beale got a tune out of them to go on and completely turn the game around um, after half-time. And, and that is just completely the difference that and, and changing the manager. And that is why the manager has been, has been changed. But we came out at half-time. A little bit surprised, Kenny, no subs on me. What about yourself? It surprised me as, as well. I thought he would change it, but then again, you look at the you look at the bench and it's it's threadbare, Chris, isn't it? I mean, there's there's no enough a lot there at the minute. I think the um my my thinking 
purely was surely a half fat Ben Davis is better than a fully fat John Lundstrom in defence. Um, and I was quite surprised that we never seen Davis um, a lot sooner than we did. Don't get me wrong, Lundstrom and Sands pretty much settled into the game eventually, but I just felt as if they two were bomb skills. Um mm-hmm. Especially getting into the second half, so I, I I thought if there was going to be a sub made, I thought it would have been Davis for Davis, Davis for Lundstrom or maybe Davis for Sands, um, and obviously that that didn't happen. So that might be because Davis just is nowhere near ready for forty five minutes. But that that was the one for me that was was obvious. But as you said, the, the other options just weren't there at all. Really, like we, we had a couple of young boys. Um, can I just interrupt you? It's funny you saying that because I said that to my son at half time that I thought Davies on Lundstrom up into the middle of the park. Perhaps Ryan, I actually thought Ryan Jack had quite a poor first half. I thought it was excellent second half, but yeah. I thought he had a poor first half. Uh, and my, my son agreed with me. But Michael Beale said something about, uh, you know, that he's only had two or three sessions, the same with Goldson. Uh, and I think that's the difference, Chris, that. I've got a feeling that Gio has been turning around and play. as soon as they're back in training, he's thinking they're good to play. Yeah. Whereas Michael Beale's now thinking, no, I'm they'll need to be a hundred percent before I play them, and that might be part of why they were all they're always breaking down. They're in and out and in and out. So and, and, I don't know. No, yeah, there might be something to it. There might be something to it, um, and hopefully we get the long term benefit of obviously them being managed differently to to what Gio was managing them. But in terms of the first half. For me, I thought the whole team was poor, uh, very poor, uh, to be honest with you. I don't think there was any individual standouts. I, I, I do think we started the game well. I do think that we came back well from the equaliser, um, for the equaliser, sorry. But I do think that after Nisbet scored, the, the team sort of went into themselves. But I have to say a special mention to just one player in particular. You might disagree, but I, I certainly seen a lot from him. I've seen a lot of hunger. I've seen a lot of desire. I've seen a lot of demand in the ball. And yes. Yeah, Typical. Um, it didn't always come off, but there was there was it was coming off more for him than not, and 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 that player in particular for me was Ryan Kent. I don't know if you agree with that though. No, I do. I actually thought Kent was uh, a bit of a nuisance to them all night. Uh, nothing absolutely extraordinary or anything like that, but a proper nuisance, and he kept the ball quite well. He, he lost it a couple of times in the first half, but they all did. Uh, but again. Uh, he just looks a different player already, coming inside a bit, doesn't he? Yeah, um, you, you could tell there was a a, a change, a, a tweak to his, his his position, and I'm not saying that Ryan Kent's one of those ones that, that hides because I think he's actually one of those players that doesn't hide. But I totally agree, he doesn't hide. There Never. Was a, there was a, a a noted increase in hunger uh, for the ball uh, last night. I thought and. And as as you mentioned, it didn't always come off for him. There was times he did lose the ball, but you know he was determined to get it back and still wanted to try things. And and yeah. some of the things that were coming off was just it looked, you know, if Kent can continue that, um, you know, form, if you will, he's only going to get better. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get more confident, and we're going to be the beneficiaries of that. And obviously, we hope he signs a new contract, but. That's by the by at the moment. But our focus is very much short termism. Um and we need Ryan Kent over these next five, six games to be that version of himself. So yeah, I was particularly impressed by Kent and I was delighted for Kent, albeit we were down two one. But the team comes out, um we start yeah, let's be honest, it was forty five minutes of dominance from Rangers, which was just exactly what you needed to see. Um Especially, uh, obviously, being behind. The first real chance we had, um, I think it was Kent again, played in Adam Devine, who got to the byline. Nice chip ball in. Sebastian Sakala gets his head to it. A decent save by David Marshall. Um, Rangers, at this point, are just completely pressing. We're, we're attacking, we're hungry, we're pinning them in. Um, and then we force a corner. Uh, James Tavernier takes a corner. Malik, uh, Malik Tillman, he, he gets what I like to call, Kenny, the Arebo flick on. <laughs> yeah. Exactly what Joe Rebo was brilliant at. He got the Rebo flick from the head straight into the path for Ryan Jack, who effectively had a tap in on the goal line, um, and it's two each. And at this point, there's only going to be one more. Absolutely. Uh, I actually thought the goal was coming anyway. I thought you could tell that we were totally on top. But that see that that particular corner you're talking about. 
I, I don't know how many goals we've scored with that, but it is almost impossible to defend for, for some reason. Yeah. Uh, getting that 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 high flick at the, at the front post, people, the teams can't defend it. Um, and I agree with you. I thought from that minute on, we're we're winning this. Yeah. And four minutes later, uh, a brilliant passage of play. Um, James Tavernier uh, has the ball just over the halfway line, plays a fantastic ball right under the feet of Malik Tillman, who turns, turns again, great feet work, and then he feeds a, a ball off the of Morelos, which again was effectively another tap-in, which, by the way, um, I don't know if you've watched the highlights back, Kenny, but Andy Walker's commentary for Morelos' goal is laughable. He absolutely emphasised the fact that it was a tap-in. He mentioned mm-hmm. it four or five times. It's a tap-in from Morelos. It's easy for Morelos. All you had to do was tap it in. I just thought that is ridiculous, man. Yeah, uh, I know. It's so petty. So, so petty. But, um, it, it's Andy Walker, isn't it? Like, it, is. <laughs> it was a tap-in, right? Okay, it was a tap-in. But the work from Tillman was, uh, it was sensational, really. Uh-huh. I'd prefer to put it in the way that uh, Tillman put it on a plate for him. Yeah, actually, that's what he did. Um, takes everybody out of the game. There you go. It, it's tremendous. Actually, you you mentioned it as well. See the ball from Tavernier, absolutely perfect. And mm-hmm. the the wee touch, the one t- the one touch onto the other foot uh, from Tillman is is very reminiscent of Joe Aribo, actually, isn't it? Yeah. The way that Aribo would do that, absolutely brilliant skill from the the kid and. I know we're going to talk about him later, but that he's only 20 years of age. Mm. Chris, he, he's going to get better. He is. Well, we'll talk about it later. <laughs> <laughs> so we're 3-2 up at this point and Rangers are dominant. Um, we closed the game out very well as well, which I like. I, I, I like that. You know, I think that's an important aspect of, of football in the modern game is, is shutting the games down effectively, especially, you know, last 10, 5-10 five, five, minutes. You have to be very clever, and I thought Hibs just didn't have a chance. We kept our shape, we kept our positions, we were playing pretty close together. There was no gaps formed, um, and we seen the game out. Adam Devine was rampant on the left-hand side. He cut in a few times. Glenn Kamara, classy, um, his best performance of the season. You mentioned that Ryan Jack, I absolutely wanted to mention Ryan Jack. I thought he was fantastic in that second half. Yeah, he was. Um, so there, there's my standouts. Tillman, Kent, Kamara, Devine and Jack. Adam Devine got the man of the match. Uh, who, who was your man of the match? Uh, Tillman was mine, to be fair. But I, I could understand why the sponsors gave it to uh, young Devine because he had a brilliant second half. Yeah. And I, I did notice that the more and more he came into the game, I don't know if you noticed that, but the more and more Kent was giving him the ball. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. And yeah, comes to the fact that for me, we're winning. He's feeling more confident. He's he's actually starting to enjoy himself now. He's not actually nervous. He's not anxious. He's actually enjoying the game now. Yeah, and that, that all came from it. Wasn't it just you know Kent feeding him? See if he actually kind of. I watched it back, and and what particularly stood out for me, Kenny, was we we were triangling hubs. We we were the, our passage of plays were were just fantastic, and it's something we've not seen all season. It was three men triangles, pass, 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 move it into the centre, move it out wide, bring it back into the centre, move it out wide again to the other wing, and hubs were chasing us. Oh, yeah, listen, it, it, we gave them the run around. I don't know what the stats were in terms of possession, but it must have been about eighty. 80 odd percent they, they barely touched the ball and I think there was about five minutes to go or something like that before they actually get anywhere near our box they just didn't have the ball we were very very good as good as I've seen us all season yeah. in the second half yesterday actually and as you say um, I have to totally agree with your, your sentiments what you said earlier in terms of that doesn't happen if Gio's still the manager and, I, and listen I didn't blame Gio for absolutely all the problems this season I, I, no not at all I, I feel that Gio get a lot of uh, I think all of Gio's criticism is maybe not as justified as many people think, but certainly one aspect of the criticism that I can't defend was his kind of in-game management in the Scottish game. Um, in Europe, it was a completely different story, especially in the Europa run, but in Scotland, he didn't seem to quite grasp how to change a game from the position of losing. 
and Michael Beale has shown already that he, he's got better knowledge of the Scottish game and he knows what he's doing to change the game because let's be honest, we mentioned it, there was no subs, it was the same team that was out there, the same 11 guys in the second half and they managed to turn it around through attitude, desire and application and it was, it was um, listen, that's, that's all we wanted to see. Performances will come. Um, Michael Beale himself said it wasn't a great performance. It, it was an average Rangers performance, but performances at the moment are secondary. Results are, are certainly the, the primary um, focus. Um, and I firmly believe that if we continue in this vein, the performances will come. But obviously, I mentioned somebody there that I want to get your opinion on that, Glenn Kamara. I thought, obviously, it was his best performance of the season. They looked far more comfortable playing in the position that he is more accustomed to. Um, how did you feel he performed? Aye, super. I, I, listen, I like Glenn Kamara anyway, but uh, put him put him where he wants to play, uh, and that boy is a, he is a, a Rolls Royce. You hear that all the time. He, he pro- properly, um, you could see he was confident, couldn't you? He, he, he yeah. was actually trying things. The only thing he didn't try was when he had the opportunity in the first half for a shot, and he, he never does it anyway. But Kamara, <laughs> uh, aye, that's what I'm saying. Can I just say something? What he did do, Michael Beale last night that you were talking about there a minute ago. What he did do is bring Stephen uh, Steve Davis on, Doctor Stephen yeah, Davis, and he he put him right in front of the back, uh, the centre half. Did you notice that? Yeah. He, he was much deeper, and that that was yeah. He was almost a secondary defender at something. At some yeah. Point. And he did just shut the door on that you're not getting into this game, and I thought that was really good. Yeah. Um, but Glenn Kamara, yeah, fantastic. And it's great to see him back and great to see him, uh, how would you put it, um, looking like Glenn Kamara. Yeah, yeah. Should be looking. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, let's just come to Malik Tillman. Um, right, so my uh, issue with Malik Tillman is I know he's talented, I'm... I'm not that uh, stupid. <laughs> I know he's very, very talented. Um, he's 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 clearly a, a very good player as well. Um, my issue is that first half, and he wasn't the only one, right? But because we're talking about him in isolation, that that first half was just so subpar. It was so anonymous. Um, and and by the way, I I don't actually think, uh, and this might come across as being kind of hypercritical, but. Out with his two assists, I don't actually think he contributed that much to the game overall. Um, there, there was a marked improvement in the second half, don't get me wrong. But I think myself, I'm going to have to accept that that's just the player he is. He's going to be anonymous for large parts of the game. Then he'll pop up with two moments of magic, which completely turns the game. And that can be invaluable. Uh, sorry, invaluable. I get that. I, I totally understand that. But the issue for me going forward is not an issue for this season it's the big question do we do we tie this boy down to a permanent deal five million quid 20 year old i just think at the present moment that for five million that's three players that can come in and instantly improve the team and can be more consistent now uh, dave one of the other podders he 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 hit the nail on the head for me um if we go on a £20 million transfer spree in the summer and Malik Tillman is a £5 million signing within that £20 million transfer, free, eh, tra- transfer um, spree. I'm totally comfortable with that, Kenny. Like, that, that's fine. I'm mm-hmm. bored. If we spend £7 million next summer and £5 million that is in Tillman, I'm worried because as much as Tillman will help us going forward, it, it's the other areas that are going to suffer because of the hefty transfer fee. Tillman is the very definition of a luxury player. Now, I understand he's going to get better and I understand um, that will probably benefit Rangers in the long run in terms of being able to flip him and sell him on um, using the kind of player trade uh, player trading model. I get all that as well. It's the, the concern is the fee is very hefty for a player who quite clearly isn't a finished article and we need to try and get as close to the finished article as we possibly can. I hate doing this. I hate looking across the road and seeing what they're doing, but I see that they brought in Josip Juranovic, uh, Gio Marcus, and Rio Hitati for about five million. That's three players for the the price of Tillman, and they're far more consistent than Tillman. They're actually helping Celtic become, you know, a, a dominant domestic force in terms of consistency. And yeah, we're going to we potentially could be spending that whole amount, which 
they spent on three players on one player who might not get us to that level. And the consequence of that for me and, and what I'm worried about is that widens the gap between us and them. And it's nothing personal. I've been accused of all sorts the last 24 hours that I've got a personal kind of agenda against Malik Tomlin and I hate the boy. I don't hate the boy. That's that's my worries. I'm maybe not um, as articulate in Twitter as I probably am on a podcast because you're pretty limited in what you can say on Twitter. So Yeah, of course. It's that that's that's where I'm at with you know what I mean that's that I, I feel it's a catch twenty uh, two situation a wee bit. W- what's your view on it? He's a he's a frustrating player, isn't he? Yeah. Because at times he's sensational, but he flits in and out of games, as you say. What I have noticed, Chris, is see see when it's not going well for the team. He's uh he, he's as well not being there. Exactly. Yeah, uh, that is that is a definite. But when the team is playing well, he's a very creative player. He's very intelligent. Uh, he's, I'll be honest and say that he's got an awful lot to learn uh, in the de- defensive side of the game or the tactical side of the game. Yeah. Uh, but he is only twenty. Uh, he, he also could have done better for the first goal. I think it was uh, where Lundstrom loses Portis. He's actually in the zone where he should be attacking the ball, and he's actually looking towards Alan McGregor. I think it's you know he's got to do better, but I I do like him. There's something he does remind me a little bit of Joe Aribo actually uh, when when Aribo first came because he's got that language style and it looks a little bit lazy, and I don't think he is. I just think he's he also seems every time I see him. Uh, on interview, he comes across as a very shy lad, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the, the, I think you hit the nail on the head there because what you've described is basically what I'm trying to describe in terms of when the team's not doing well, Tillman is completely an empty jersey. Now, that's not a criticism on Tillman. That's that's the very definition of a luxury player because luxury players need their teammates to be doing well to help him, and if. If Rangers as a team are performing well within a game, it means they're running about more. It means they're, they're being, uh, they're, they're zipping the ball about more. It means they're bringing Tillman into play more, mm-hmm. and Tillman can flourish and do his magic. When the when the team aren't doing that, Tillman, who isn't renowned for his kind of massive amounts of work rate, he's not going to do that himself. He's going to wait for the team to actually bring him into play. And if they're not going to do that, then, you know, it is effectively a man down when we're already in a tricky situation. And in order for this to work for us, going forward with Malik Tillman, I'm not against signing him. Um, The caveat is if we're going to sign him, it needs to be part of a huge kind of splurge, a huge transfer splurge. We, we would need to build the team around Tillman. That's I, the... I'm not sure of that, actually. I, I, to be honest, Chris, I think he's, again, I'll bear with me for a wee second. Leon King's getting uh, the benefit of the doubt at times because of the amount of injuries and stuff like that. But yep. Tillman, Tillman isn't, and they're both young kids. Uh, if Tom Lawrence is fit and playing, if Hadji's there as well, the kid's not playing anywhere near as much as uh, he would at the minute, and he's having to at the minute, uh, and he would be much, much more capable of bedding in, of, of us bedding him in a bit, I should say, uh, in terms of the way we play and stuff like that, and he would learn a lot more with some more uh, time out, yeah, if yeah. you know what I mean. Well, that's, that's all I would say. No, that's that's a very fair point, and it's, it's a point that's probably not, uh, had as much focus on as it probably deserves because yeah we, we're fully aware that we've got massive amounts of injuries but because these players are out of sight they're out of mind and we just focus on what we have at the current moment and of course we do and and that is you know as a typical Rangers fan you know some Rangers fans do look at the bigger picture like yourself Kenny but I'm very much a in the moment kind of guy and it is something that you know listen it comes with the jersey, Chris. It comes with playing for Rangers. The pressure's always there for you. If you don't play well, you'll know all about it. It is that simple. And at times, he doesn't. Uh, he just doesn't perform particularly well. But defensively, in particular, is my concern with him. He's got masses to learn on it. But listen, the... the the problem I have with Tillman, if you want to call it a problem, is it's not Tillman's problem, it's my problem, and it's me that most likely has to adapt to 
the lackadaisical style of Malik Tillman, um, and I just have to accept the good with the bad or the bad with the good. Um, I had so many ridiculous things flung my way over the last 24 hours, as I said. People saying, oh, I must be raging that Tillman turned the game. Listen, I can't make it any clearer. See if Tillman makes me out to look like a fucking idiot. Yeah, I know. Absolutely delighted. Like, of course I want Tillman to succeed. Of course I want Rangers to succeed. It's just these kind of, you know... Football fans' opinions will change about 40 times within the 90 minutes that they're watching. And at that present moment in time, Tillman was an empty jersey in that first half. And I was just, you know, I was just sick of everything and all this kind of stuff. And then he's turned the game around and I cheered every single thing that he'd done, you know. So um, so you're basically saying this again, and I do understand what you're saying. It's the price tag that concerns you, isn't it? Listen, see, see if you told me that we had a let's just say £3 million uh, release clause to purchase Malik Tillman, I'd say do it tomorrow. Yeah. £5 million is just my concern. Yeah. Because we've been told we've not got a pot of gold, and if we're going to sink £5 million into one player, in my opinion, what worries me is that means that other aspects of the team aren't going to be strengthened. I'm talking goalkeeper, I'm talking right winger, I'm talking probably another defender. Certainly, mm-hmm. um, certainly another midfielder is required. And these are all positions that, that need a lot of money. You know, we, we will need a 15 to 20 million transfer spots. Will we get it? Probably not. We are looking at maybe 10 million maximum. And if we're going to spend 50% of our budget in the summer on one player, it just worries me a little. It might it might come off, of course it might. You know what I mean? And and, and people's... This this is another aspect of the argument I don't understand. People are saying, I bet in the future he, he'll make us a lot of money. Like that, There's no guarantee of that. If we're going to be spending 5 million pounds taking a gamble because we're going to flip it to get double that and you know two years down the line that suggests that Rangers need to be successful in order for this Rangers team to be successful this current Rangers team to be successful in my opinion it needs ripped up it needs started again it needs new players and it needs major surgery and we can't do that in a shoestring budget so the overall concern with Tillman for me is the price tag as I said if it was three million I would do it tomorrow easy mm-hmm. No questions asked. Five million for me is just a wee bit steep for a guy, uh, sorry, a, a boy who, let's be honest, Kenny, if we buy him for five million, we're probably never, ever going to see the finished article. That'll be some team, that'll be second or third team after leaving Rangers that will see that. Yeah, of course, but okay, I, I, listen, I, I'll be fair on the, the guy. Uh, I, I don't think you've been unfair. I just, I'll judge him when we've got a, a full quota of, of players there that. Yeah. Uh, where he can come in and out of the team a wee bit more, see what he, he learns when he's not in the team, because I think he's he's been thrust straight into playing for a team, uh, you know, that's having to get into the Champions League, having to be top of the table, uh, coming from it's his first season in professional football, and so I'll judge him as the season goes on, but I do understand, I do totally understand what you're saying about. It's a lot of money for us to be forking out for a, a young boy. Listen, your, your point of view in terms of when we've got a full team is a very, very valid one. Um, and, you know, I'm certainly willing to give him, I'm going to say the chance because it's not up to me to give him the chance. I'm certainly willing to be far more patient with him in light of uh, what he done against Hibs because that's that's all I wanted. That that's ex- the reason for my frustration was because we didn't see that in the first half and yet we see it in the second half. So um, long long may that continue. Um, we'll just wrap up with talking about your favourite player, uh, Kenny uh, Ryan Portis. Now the reason that we will spend a wee bit of time talking about him is because obviously pre-match and post-match there was some discussion about him. Pre-match um, he had an exclusive interview with Sky Sports. And uh, let's just be quite frank about it. He did not rule out signing for Rangers. Uh, he did say that he wanted to play in a different league. That's fine. He mentioned about going abroad. Um, also, the English Championship, which are heavily kind of um, looking at him. There are a few teams down there. Um, we do know, I have to say, uh, last week on the, the preview pod, I, I mentioned that it was Atalanta that was looking at Ryan Portis. I think that was just... Um, I, I completely got my Italian teams mixed up. It's actually Udinese. Um, Atalanta would have been quite the move for Ryan Portis. It's actually Udinese that looked at him. Um, and he mentioned, obviously, the boys that have been over to Italy and succeeded. Uh, you know, Hickey, Ferguson, Doig. And that is attractive to him. He was asked directly, what about Rangers? And his, his, his exact quote was, 
yeah, that, that would upset a few people. He did not turn around and say, no, I would definitely not sign for them. Um, Michael Beale was then asked about him, and Michael Beale says, look, I've been impressed by Ryan. Um, I've seen him, he effectively said, I've seen him grow up within the game here, and he's got better and better. He's still got a lot to do, and, you know, to become the, the player that he should become. Um, he Michael Beale then said, look, he's not been brought to my attention yet. He used the word. Mm-hmm. So both sides, Porteous and Rangers, both camps, both parties, if you will, have left that open. Um, mentioned last week, Portis deleted all his Rangers-related posts on yeah. him, which is a curious thing to do. His celebration, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, he's going over to say uh, thanks to the Hibs fans. You know, he, he's... You know, this is the first game back since he announced that he was leaving the club. Uh, he then scores a goal against Rangers, and obviously Hibs fans like to think that we are a rival to them, and he's going over the same look, I've done that for years. Don't mind it. Um, his overall approach to the game yesterday, uh, last night, sorry, wasn't the usual Ryan Portis we see. Uh, he did get a booking, which, by the way, I have to say, was quite unfair. Yeah, um, it was. <laughs> it was. Good. Uh, so, so listen, Kenny, there's definitely something in this. Whether it's 1% or 80%, there's definitely something in this. And I know that you are very much against it. Yes, I am. Uh, he, he, that... That would be a that would be a difficult one for me. I've got to be honest. Um, I, I don't. I just don't like the boy. Um, he, look, it, I don't like him much as a player. I think he he's got a lot to learn. I don't think he'd get anywhere near the Rangers team if everybody's fit. I don't think he'd even make a, a lot of squads to be honest. Um, the one thing I will say, having watched that interview, been told was told to watch it. Um, He's quite an intelligent boy, actually, and the, probably the reason why he's deleted all his stuff off his Instagram is because uh, his agents probably told him to look get get all the daft stuff off. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't read too much into that. I think he's been told, he's been advised to take uh, all the daft shit off his his social media, um, but no, not for honestly, heaven forbid. I, I, it, it terrifies me if he turns up. To be honest. Listen, see the arguments, see see arguments like that. I get it. I totally get it. Um, I, I I'm I'm more looking at it from maybe a different angle than you, Kenny. Uh, I kind of brought it up earlier. I think if Ryan Portis is playing for Rangers last night, I, I actually think both goals we don't concede. Um, I think that if Ryan... I wouldn't disagree with that either. To be honest, I, I, listen, he's a better centre half than John Lundstrom is. There's no doubt in that. I, but that's. That's people, because Lundstrom's not a centre-half. People, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, people say, as well, he doesn't get in the team in front of a fully fit John Sutter. This is the reason why we're being linked to him, because we don't have a fully fit John Sutter. And people will say that Ryan Portis has had a, quite a quite a time out of injuries. He's went two seasons uninterrupted. And don't get me wrong, that means that if we did sign him, we'd break down straight away. Of course it does, but, um, you know... As a able deputy, I just think it makes complete sense. He meets the Scottish quota. Yes, he does. I know. I get all that as well. He, um, he improves us right now. Right now, as we stand, right now, he improves our team. Um, don't get me wrong. When everybody's fully fit, it, I agree with you. He doesn't get near it. He doesn't get in front of Davis. He doesn't get in front of Goldson. He doesn't get in front of... Uh, John Souter, if he ever is fully fit. You've also got the kind of elephant in the room with Philip uh, Hollander. We don't know what's going to happen to him, but we see him again this season. He certainly doesn't get in front of Hollander. But at the end of the day, the four guys I've just mentioned here are nowhere near, you know, the, the team at the moment because of injuries. And for a player who we could probably get pretty cheap, well below his actual value, and he'll be readily available to go straight into the team come January. Kenny, I think you might need to be... Um, Raging for a couple of weeks. Honestly, to be to be serious for a wee minute, I don't see it happening. Um, but I under, I, I kind of understand exactly what you're saying. I understand that the fact that he's Scottish, we need Scottish players for you, you know, the European quota and all the rest of it. There's too much going on between him and Rangers players yeah. and Rangers fans. Uh, I just can't see it happening, to be honest. 
Listen, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I do want it to happen uh, for the reasons I've given. Uh, I still will say right now, I don't like the boy. I actually, mm-hmm. I actually have to say, I've always sort of admired the player. Um, I know there's been very much rash incidents with him and there's very much playing at the gallery, but in terms of when he focuses on his football, the best example I can give to you, when when he's not get the circus around him and when he's not trying to impress fans in the stand, you get a Ryan Portis performance against Ukraine for Scotland. Uh-huh. There's a player in there, Chris. I mean, there is definitely a decent player there. And interesting that he said that he wants to go another league to better himself because he wants to get into the Scotland squad and yeah. uh, stuff like, uh, you know, you go to that, you know, go and play at that level, uh, um, you realise that when you're coming, what was it he said? It was a come down or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Going back to Hibs and you're like, oof, that'll go down well probably. But again, a, a, quite an articulate boy, actually, I thought, Clayton. Yeah, but... You know, I have to agree with you. I think I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I, I just I just can't see it. I think I think he's left the door open just in case. I think Michael Beale's left the door open just in case. Uh, but I think he knows his next move, um, and his next move will be out with Scotland. Um, I think he's going to. I think he'll go to Italy. I actually do. I think there's been a clutch of them, isn't there? But, but that have. That have went over there and they all do reasonably well as well, haven't yeah. they? And and to be fair, uh, to to Porteous, it's probably the best thing he could ever do is get away from this country. Yeah, definitely. I would agree with that actually. For him, yeah, as for well. Him. Uh-huh. Yeah, for him. Um, but that's enough about him. He is still a prick, and I. <laughs> <laughs> I think he is. to talk him up because just in case he signs for us. But he, he is, as I said, I, I still don't like the boy. But do you know something, Kenny? Seen a weird sort of way. See, because I do dislike him, he would easily become one of my favourite Rangers players just because I hated him so much. Aye. You know? I know I know exactly what you mean. Because I know that so many people would hate him for just just because he signed for us. That that would instantly make him one of my favourites. But uh, Aye, I was like that with Morris Johnson. But, <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> but um no that 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 uh, that um that that sums up the, the, the game against against Hibs. We obviously closed the gap to six points. We were recording this before Celtic play Aberdeen, so all likelihood, Kenny, it's going to go back to the nine. I says to Dave on the preview show, we need to get 15 points out of the next 15. We need to win the next five games. Within that five games, we've got Hibs taking care of that. We've got Aberdeen away, Motherwell, Ross County, and then, of course, Celtic at home. We get that. We are going to breathe life into this title challenge. Um, anything less than that, include draws. Uh it's over for me. Um, are you there or thereabouts? Do you believe maximum points is absolutely required in order to make a fist of us? Yeah, it is. Um, dep- obviously, depending on what they do, but I don't see them dropping many points at all. No. Um, we just need to keep winning, Chris. I, I, I thought... Uh, I was delighted to see the response in the second half no. um, because I thought the pressure... Uh, right away... Uh, when they lost the first goal, and then particularly when they lost the second goal l- last night, uh, I was and I noticed Michael Beale said the same. It was it was interesting to see how they reacted because with the confidence it isn't high, but um, we need to win almost every single game between now and May. So it is what it is, mate. And um, uh, how would you put it? I'm actually quite optimistic that we will do okay, put it that way, over the next few weeks. Well, it's a tough game against Aberdeen. There's no doubt in it. Absolutely. The, the Aberdeen game is, as always with Rangers, the next game is the most important. And um, look, we got off to a winning start. That's all. That was a minimum. Uh, we can we can take that box. Um, and we go on to Aberdeen now and we'll see what happens. But... Uh, no, listen, Kenny, thanks very much. Um, enjoyed, your, enjoyed your company. Um, Good man. Enjoyed your opinions. Open, open my eyes to a few things. Uh, join us um, in the next couple of days. We'll also be releasing the Aberdeen preview. Um, it'll be Kenny again. Me and Kenny, we'll be looking ahead to that. Um, if you could follow us on all the social medias, we're on Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram. You can also find the the podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, Amazon Music, and we've also got the website. Uh, producer Andrew will 
he will put all those kind of links into the, the the description of this podcast. The the most littlest of help actually goes a long way with us. Um, you know, even if it's just one like, even if it's just one follow, all those kind of things help us um, with uh, metrics and and obviously got a potential sponsors, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So please, please help us out as much as you can. Um, please listen, please download, please spread the word. Um, and I have to say, uh, Kenny, you can back me up here. The the initial response, the initial um, backing, the, the initial support in the first month for this podcast has been, it's blown me away, to be honest with you. Yeah, it's been fantastic, actually. And it, it's surprised me. Uh, it's been really uh, well received. And I'm happy with that. I'm delighted with that. Uh, and I can only... Can I say exactly what you've just said there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like us, follow us, do what you do. Uh, we're loving it, so yeah, yeah. No, it's exactly that. Like, when you do something you enjoy, you know. Well, without pulling the curtain back too much, uh, we we're literally all volunteers on this podcast, and we do it for a labour of love. And you know what? We, we don't we don't dread doing these things, despite Rangers' uh, form this season. We actually quite enjoy it. We find it quite therapeutic, and we're just guys talking about football. Um, some of their opinions may differ to yours, but that's that's what I love about football. But I need to put a call to arms as well. Who is it that is... Um, who, who's our fan club in Latvia? Get in touch with us. We need to know. <laughs> Latvia is our second. Uh, it's so bizarre. Um, Latvia is our second most popular country um, out with the United Kingdom, which is just it just blows my mind. Um, but mental. I, I think uh, Eddie said that our first live show will be in rigor. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, but no, listen, thanks very much. Um, and join us over the next couple of days as well for the preview for Aberdeen. Thank you.